dinner be waiting outside for my wife to come. Yeah. Our topic on Sundays is we're staying home in Ayat in instance of the Torah, but I want to digress this week to talk a little bit about the Ayat of Hanukkah. Not because some of people don't know, but because I think there's a different aspect to what's always presented as being the, the source of the Makhlaikas between Yavan and Israel, which we can see has uh, a deeper Sherish which played out in the story of Hanukkah. And that is, everyone talks about the, the, the two sides of the struggle of Hanukkah as being the fight between Chachma of Yavin against Chachma Satara, which is true. It's brought already in the Russian. But there's something more than that. And it starts from the Chazal, which is right in the beginning of Horatius, and the parts of Ba'aretz HaSatev, Ba'aretz up in Eitzahayim, Chazal said that that's the remnant to the Arba Malchus, and as we know, Choshech is the Malchus Yom. So if I understand the Kedoshim, it's also well known. But what's the side of Choshech, and what's the side of the Chochm of Yom? And why was that a challenge to Klai and like everybody also says, and it's not a chiddush either, that the world today is still under the ashba of Malchus Yavon. In that sense, that the chacham of the world today is just an elaboration of the chacham of Yavon. And in that sense, as opposed to the other Malchus, and this is an important point, as opposed to other Malchus, when, when the Malchus was defeated, it ended. For example, Babel disintegrated. Paras and fell apart. Yavon, we never defeated Yavon. The victory of Yavan was we got back the base of Megdash. But the Greek Empire was vast. We never ever defeated Yavan. We got back Yerushalayim, that's all. We didn't even get back Hollywood's Israel at that stage. The, for another 20 plus years, they were still fighting all of Eretz Israel with Yavan. Uh, military fights. And Yavan never got defeated. Yavan never got defeated. We won back the base of Megdash, that's all. That was really a big victory for us. And what we, we appreciate the fact we got back the way that the best of English, that's what the miracle of Hanukkah re, 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 reminds us of. But there was never a destruction of Malchus as uh, of Yavin as a Malchus by Klaishal or by that for that matter by anybody else. Because as we know that the next empire in turn, which was the Roman Empire, adopted all the Chachm of Yavin. The Chachamim of, of the uh, Adam didn't have Chachamim, like the Bodhik says, but all the Chachamim of Adam. Uh, what they had was the Sabbath de Veatona, which was the wise men of Athens, which were the Chachma Yavan. So maybe militarily Yavan lost their prominence, but as far as their Chachma goes, or as far as their ideology goes, they never got defeated. They never got defeated, and in fact, that's the basis for all the sciences today. We even use the original words. We're talking about philosophy, we're talking about physiology, or we're talking about astronomy, or astrology, or all these things which are really built on the framework which the Yavanim built. 
And therefore, it's important to understand the record of the Machlekes of Yavon, not just the fact that they explored Chachma, but there was something more. There was an ideology of Chachma. And why it's applicable to us today is because the MS is that's still the way the world thinks. We've, we've developed a lot. We've moved a lot forward. But the is still within <coughs> the framework of Chachmas Yavon, which is still there. So what was the starting point of the Chachma of Yavon? So I'm going to say, you'd think I'm talking about the way that science thinks today, which is true. Which is true. We haven't lost that influence of Yavon. And that is that Chachma, or at least knowledge, starts from a point of people don't know anything. Starts from a point that we don't know, we have to find out. We have to explore, we have to discover, we have to experiment, and we're going to amass information. And then the more information that we amass in the reservoir of human knowledge, then we can progress. Because we can use things to understand principles to develop new ideas, and we can put concepts together to develop further concepts, and we're going to build, and we're going to create, and we're going to develop, and we're going to move ahead. And therefore, from very basic uh, principles of understanding in science, we can develop uh, a new frontier in science. We can break new barriers. We can understand more. And based on what we now know, we can develop and invent and make new things. And therefore, the, the progression that each generation makes, it serves as, the, so to speak, the, black, the, basic part, the basic level for the next generation to build on. And therefore, it, was maybe, it took a certain amount of time or effort for people to come to certain levels of understanding of how the world works, levels of understanding of whether it's science or whether it's engineering, whether it's chemistry or physiology or whatever it might be. But once they've built that basis, now that becomes a starting point, and now the next generation can build on that and progress even further. And the next generation can build on that and progress even further. Which is pretty much the way the world works. And that is the more we know and the more we can add into the, ge- the general data of information that the world has, so now we can develop with that. We can build, a- build ahead. And now the next door will now know whatever we spent years trying to understand, to discover, to invent, and they'll work with that forward. Just think about it. Uh, the progression of power. This is one example. So uh, w- w- the, uh, the idea that uh, when a person boils water, produces steam, was no chedesh. It was everyone was aware of that. But the idea that steam can be used as a force which can be harnessed to do something, there was a big breakthrough in the world's understanding. And now once we can understand that steam is a force, it can be harnessed, it can be directed, it can push a pedal. So it was the next big breakthrough, you can come to a steam engine. And then once you have an engine, you can produce power. So the next thing is you come to a steam turbine. And once you have a turbine, you can produce electricity. And once electricity, then there's no end to the amount of things you can, you can do with that. It's, it's raw power, which I can access in any way I want. And how much can I use electricity for? We keep finding new ways to do how to employ it, how to, how to work with it, how to develop further with it. This all came from a very simple thing. Steam has power. But this is just step after step after step after step of a progression in science of the amount we know and the amount of experiment and the amount we're able to use now becomes the step for the next, the next level in science to work with that. And therefore... If you're going to say that besides for the concept of knowledge of Yavon, the credo of Yavon is we progress with science. We're going to get better and better. We're going to know more and more. We're going to understand more and more. Now, the, but then the corollary to that is, and that is, we look back at those past as the Dark Ages. Through no fault of their own, they didn't know as much. They didn't understand as much, they hadn't developed as much. 
and therefore then we, today we are way more advanced, we may more intelligent, we may we may more able to use the world than people a hundred years ago, than people two hundred years ago, than people five hundred years ago, than they've running themselves a thousand or two thousand years ago. Because that's the way the system's going to work. And that is the more the more we progress, the more we're going to know. So today, maybe a hundred years ago they already had very basic applications of of the engine. They had, a, they had motor cars on a very simple level. They have with the same amount of gears and the same amount of uh, the, the, as a professionalism. So of course not. And if we go 100 years back from that, they had a steam train. And if we go 100 from that, they didn't have anything. They had horses and wagons. So of course, we're working ahead. And, and society is going to continue to progress. And that's the axiom. That's the way it's going to always work. It's going to work that the amount of knowledge we have is the amount of knowledge we can now work with and therefore we can develop and we're going to get more and more and more intelligent, more and more and more able to use the world, more and more advanced. But, at the same time, the, second, the, the corollary to this principle of, of the way Yovan works is, therefore, when we look back at a scientist of 100 years ago, he might have been a great man and he might have under, brought science to a new level. But you think, you know, in, relate, in relation to us, he didn't know very much. Again, through no fault of his own. I'll give you some examples. Louis Pasteur, right? He was a, he's called the father of medicine. He discovered the concept that there's bacteria, that the virus enter the body, the, the concept that the body has a certain defense system, the white blood cells, whatever you want to call it, the immune system, and you can work with that. Until then, people had no idea of these things. You could work with it. You can make a vaccination. You can give medication. Now, again, that's a tremendous breakthrough. The whole, medicine, the whole field of, of, chemi- of, chem- of no, pharmaceutical chemistry is based on that. And we can work with pasteurization <coughs> is from him, immunization is from him, vaccination is from him. Like I said, the, just general medicine, the fact that we can we use things to strengthen the body against, uh, against germs is also from him. <coughs> Fantastic. Is he the person they thought was crazy during the time? No, it's not. But, uh, that's, uh, so, uh, if you're going to say, if you're going to look at, in the, in the course of history, if we had to make a Hall of Fame of people who changed the world of medicine, for example, Louis Pasteur would always be one of those people. French doctor, for sure, he, made a, he had a tremendous impact on understanding medicine. But any doctor today will tell you, we know way more than Dr. Pasteur did. He had this, the very, very beginnings of the idea. But today, any doctor has a whole range of knowledge of different kinds of, of uh, antibacterials and different kinds of medications and different kinds of bacterials and of different kinds of vaccinations. And we know much, 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 much more. Sure, that was the breakthrough stage. But what we can do with it and how much we apply it and how much we know about it and it keeps developing. There's always new ways of understanding more and more and more. And of course, I wouldn't send my... If I, uh, the way modern medicine thinks is that if I had a sick kid, I wouldn't send him to Dr. Pasteur. You know, he might have been a great man, but he doesn't know very much. Today, the doctors know much, much more. And you take another example, again, of a famous uh, name in medicine, somebody who also brought about a breakthrough in medicine, was a, also a French lady doctor, Dr. Marie Curie, who discovered radiology. Right? That was the first x-rays. Now, once again, her x-rays, very, very, very primitive. Very, 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 very basic. But it was a breakthrough that such a thing exists. Today's radiology scanning, with, with, with cats, pet scans and cat scans and MRI scans and more and more and more complicated and more and more detailed and more and more advanced. Things she never dreamed of, things she never ever knew. And once again, so do we know much, much more than her today about radiology? Of course we do. So as great as a person is going to be, give it a hundred years, there'll be people who know much more. That's the, that's the engine which drives 
Because we started in darkness and we keep revealing more and more light. We started not knowing anything. We started seeing a world around us we didn't understand at all. And from that point, we start understanding and more and more and more and more and it becomes clearer and clearer and more and more detailed and more and more understood and more and more in our hands to use or to do and to develop things with and to progress with and to invent. And that's where the system is going to always be. That's the way that Chochmus Yavon sees the world. Starting from zero and working up to infinitely. We can always try and understand more and we can always better things and uh, apply them and, and, and apply whatever we know to different fields to invent new and to develop and to progress and to make better. <coughs> that's a very be'etzim on the one hand. That's the way the world looks today as well. Like I said, the more we know, the more we can develop, the more we can upgrade, the more we can uh, create new. I just gave you two examples, but in every single field, in every single science, I can give you the same ideas. Alessandro Volta, the man who found, uh, who, who discovered the concept of movable power, he made the first battery. Uh, his name is Alessandro Volta, he was an Italian scientist. So once again, the first battery was one, one or two volts. Uh, volts are called after him, but it's one or two units of power. Today, when we talk about megawatts, we're talking about tremendous amounts of power, which can do tremendous things. He would never have dreamed such a thing possible. Okay, he was just a, he was a step. We built on that, and we built on that more and more and more and more until we have the concept of today's superpower, which is a completely different level. Yavin starts from Chayshech, and Yavin journeys towards what they in their land, more and more understanding, more and more uh, ability, and therefore, besides for the fact that the way that Yavin looks at the world is that something which is continually going to get better. We're improving the world step by step. And if the world of 100 years ago was nowhere near as advanced or as easy for us or as utilized as the world of today, then we would predict in 100 years' time, it'll be even more than that. If it's given the, if the, assuming the world has another 100 years, but let's say, based on the system we see, of course, the way we're living today will be primitive compared to where they live then. People ever heard of... Uh, cars which you have to put in gas and it has to burn something, there'll be solar power, there'll be radio power, there'll be all kinds of other things they're working on already. Fission power, whatever it's going to be. Okay, the world of the future, or glitters, it's, it's shining, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Something which you, in frontiers you still have to cross, ideas you still have to develop, and things will get better and better. That's Yavan, from the very beginning. That's Yavan's mindset. And why is that in opposition to the Torah? Why is that in opposition to the Torah? Because it's not just the concept of what they're learning. It's the concept of how to learn. In other words, like I said, we took the names of the greats, and the others as well, of uh, his, the history of medicine, the history of engineering, the history of science, whatever it's going to be. But if you're going to say, as great as we appreciate that person as being, as much as we think he was a, a genius in his field, he, he discovered new things, but if we're going to get into an argument to him, with him today about, about whatever topic, his own topic, we're going to have a discussion with Mrs. Curie about radiology, we're going to have a discussion with Dr. Pasture about immunization, for sure we know more than he did. It's not even a question. He would admit it himself. The world's progressed so much. We've got so much more information. We've been able to do so much more things. Of course, he'll learn from us. He might have been the genius in his day who found that point, 
But now you, you can teach him a lot that he doesn't know. Now, that's all, like I said, the, the fundamental background to understanding Yavah. The contrast to that, imagine if you applied that to Torah knowledge. And that is the same thing. Knowledge develops. People build on the previous Torah, and people know more, and people discover more, and people understand more. And therefore, Rashi was a great man in his time. But today we know so much more than Rashi. And therefore, if we and Rashi began to an argument about Shat and Pasuk, Rashi would have to concede that no, we know much more than he knows. But it sounds, everyone's laughing, it sounds ridiculous. But that's the same idea. That's what Chachmus Yavan would say. Knowledge progresses. People get better. People know more information. And then we know more than they knew, and therefore we're going to be a better judge, better judges of what to do, or better able to decide what to do than people of the past. The Shulchan Aruch passed very nicely for 500 years ago, but since then, wow, we're much more intelligent. Look at all the Chavos of the Chorinim we have. So of course, if we be a Shadah today, we would argue with the Shulchan Aruch, but we'll tell him he was wrong. And again, it's a, to, the, to our ear, this sounds crazy. What's the difference? What's wrong with Yovan's system of Chochmah which makes sense if you think about it in the world, when, why, and then let's apply to Torah too. Let's apply to Torah too. We know more, we understand more, we develop more. So we should be getting better and better. And there's a certain glitter in that. The, 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 the option presented to us that we can keep improving, we can keep getting better, we keep getting ahead. And therefore we're much, much greater than anybody in the past because we know so much more, we're so much more advanced. There's a certain alertness. Why doesn't that work in Torah? Where does the Chachm Satara present the opposite point? So the first one I'm going to say, I think it's straightforward, we all know that, but there's a Chiddush which I want to bring after that. The first point, the basic point is, because as opposed to Yevon, which is Chayshech, Chayshech means we start in the darkness, we start not knowing anything. And we've got to start from the beginning and start trying to understand. And therefore, if we're starting from zero, we're just building up. And the more we understand, the more we've established. We understand that when talking about Torah, it works exactly the opposite way around. We didn't start from Chayshech. We started from the greatest revelation. We started from Hasina. And we started from where HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us everything. And when we had Navim who could ask Hashem, Hashem told him clearly what to do. And therefore, there was no greater clarity than that. When Moshe Rabbeinu told us how to do the mitzvah of Tefillin, we knew 100% perfectly what Hashem said. That was absolute clarity. That was absolute clarity. And it wasn't that you had to develop it and understand it and think about it because we were told. <coughs> and what happened? <coughs> what happened is just things went backwards, which means things became less clear. And then we started getting into arguments about them. Because what was clear to one door wasn't clear to the next door. And then we started one, so one second. What are the order of the parishes? Well, when Moshe Ben told us, he told us what the order was. No one's assuming that right from the beginning Moshe wasn't sure what to do. Right? We told us exactly. But then we're going to not close. So we lost that clarity. And are you meant to make the knot of the rush like this or like that? We lost that clarity. So now it's not like us about it. And then as we go further, more points become unclear. And therefore, there are more things to argue about. And therefore, as we go through the centuries of Jewish scholarship, you're going to find more and more points which become machlokas here, which you think, why wasn't the machlokas beforehand? All the arguments in the Gemara, why didn't the Mishnah argue about that? All the arguments in the Rishonim, why did the Gemara argue about it? And the answer is because at that time there was nothing to argue about. They knew. They knew. And it was only when we don't know, and now we're trying to understand what was, and we're not clear about it anymore, now we can get into an argument about it. If they knew, why didn't they say it? They did. But at some stage in the Messiah, we lost a certain part of the Messiah, and now we have an argument. We don't know exactly what was said. Why didn't we say that anymore? 
The Gemara doesn't say the obvious. Whatever we know, we know. We don't have to tell you that. It's Pashat. Right? But when there's the next star who didn't know that anymore, for them it's not Pashat. And therefore, for them, we have to tell. What, 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 one second, what they used to do? And who says, this is the Rambam. The Rambam writes, he says, uh, we don't find Nachleikosim until the time of Beishamim is already. There was Kimat Nanach before that. And he says the reason was because until then, there was a, the Messiah was complete. And every, everyone knew what the previous star did. And therefore, there's nothing to argue about. Mashankin, at the time of Hidal Beishamim, there were tremendous upheavals in Kalei Israel. There was wars, there was civil war. And therefore, there was no steady way of being able to become a Messiah. Everybody was fleeing for their lives. And there wasn't a, a way that there was that, that so to speak, unified Messiah transmission. And now they started being like this. What was done? What was done? Because there wasn't so clear. And then as it goes on, the Rambam writes, and the Torahs increased, then more things are going to become unclear. Because you didn't have the opportunity to ask, or because you aren't in the same situation where we know what the previous Torah did. How many things were, were, which were, had been done in the Shtetlach in Europe for hundreds of years, because that's what they always did there. And now the Holocaust came, and every, the few survivors ran and regrouped somewhere else in the world. Now one second, what, what did they used to do? So if you have somebody who remembers, fantastic. And if not, we don't remember anymore. We don't have that in the trans- transmission. And therefore, the, the, yes, we'll be looking at the vast amount of Torah learning. The MS is, it's coming from each stage knowing less than the door before. Knowing less than the door before. And that's all there's more to disagree about. And there's more to have different opinions about because we're not sure. And if we would know what they knew, it would be fantastic. If, we, if we, let's say today we had the opportunity to meet Rashi, and we ask him, Rashi, what does this what halacha mean? And what does this thing mean? And what is, then we could take away all the makhlaqs of the Akronian because we have somebody from way before them who's telling us the answers. And if you have been fortunate enough to meet Rabbi Yudha Nasi, and you say, Rabbi Yudha explain to us, what did, what, how did the Kali Shalos do this? And how did the Kali Shalos do that? Then we don't have any makhlaqs in the Rishonim either, because you have the Tana telling us what they used to do. <coughs> Which means, the Chachim Satara is based on Kimat, an opposite system to Chachim Siyabu. And that is, the previous Torahs knew more. The previous Torahs knew more. We know less. And because we know less, so then firstly, more becomes unclear. But there's a second point also. And that is, we may know we respect the previous Torah more because they're starting from a point that they knew more than we know. We know less than them. And that's exactly the opposite of Yavon. Yavon's life in the position that every Torah is building on the previous Torah and knows more. And we're coming the opposite way around. And that is, every Torah knows less. And therefore, when we have a previous star, we find the Mephoshah Shulchan Aruch, okay, we accept that. He knew much more than we knew. And if we find the Mephoshah Gemara, then no one can argue with that because they knew much more than us. Fine. So now, the first, the first Nukuda, in the, the fundamental change between, Malchus, between the Hashkafah Yavan and Hashkafah Satara is, is the level of humanity building up or building down. And is it getting better and better, or we know less and less? Now, there's a second point here also. And that is, well, so far we've spoken about the amount of knowledge. The amount of knowledge available today in the world of science is way, way more than ever previously, and it's going to keep increasing. The, the amount of Torah knowledge of today is way less than previous Torahs, and it's going to in, 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 continue to decrease, because that's the Matthias. The, we say there's a din of Yeridah Sataris, and therefore, what the previous Dara knew, we know less. It doesn't mean there aren't more works of written about the Torah. It doesn't mean there's less literature. There's more literature. But the more literature is coming from the point of knowing less. 
if we knew something clearly, we wouldn't have to think about it and write curious about it and look for answers for it and write long dissertations to try and work it out. What if you knew it? So previous generations would laugh at some of the Hebrew of today? Uh, even today we laugh at some of the Hebrew of today. <laughs> <laughs> but don't people say that when Moshe comes after Mashiach, he's going to not recognize the religion, but after seeing it, he'll say that it's all true? No, the point is, well, you're pointing in Gemara, but it's not exactly what the Gemara says. Gemara says that when Be'etzim, what, what Moshe will see is Halach and Moshe Messina. And how we worked it out and how we argued about it was not, not to the point. But Lema'i said, if we're doing what the Torah tells us to do, that's what Moshe the original tells us to do. But anyway, so that's the first point. Is this why um, um, Amiram can argue with Tanah? Yes, of course. That's why any or every stage can't argue with someone in a previous stage because the Hanach is we know less. The going done at our way. Sorry? At the going at our hashkafa, we wouldn't have cars with We're not arguing with them. We're not saying we can't use Chachmah with Chachmah, we do use it. And we're not, we're not even arguing with it. We say it's true. But uh, that's not the approach in Torah. That's not the Chachmah or the way we apply Chachmah to Torah. You see, a lot of times it's like a piece of argument with Rishonim. Does that mean the Zara is more correct than Rishonim? The Zara was a Tana. So of course he was more correct than the Rishonim. The Zara lived at the time before Rabbi Ranasi. He was one of the teachers of Rabbi Ranasi. So we're going back to Odar the Tanai in the Zara. Okay, so that. Sorry? Are there new situations? There are there new situations? So are our Rabbanu going to have a better handle on that than Rashi? They have to apply to it. But if you'd ask Rashi the same question, you would probably come to a better answer than us. But now I want to get to another point. And that is just to, to correct one Nakoda, and then I want to get to the Chiddush I wanted to say. So far, what I think of what I said is straightforward. Now, that doesn't mean if people are more or less intelligent. We don't talk about a person's ability <coughs> to understand how bright he is. It's not the point. <coughs> on either side, on either side, in the, in the world of Yavan, in the world of science, it could be that there were people 500, 1,000 years ago who were super geniuses more than today. They still need us than today. That was just the materials of the amount of knowledge there was. If they say Isaac Newton or they say whichever other great scientists don't say were geniuses, Leonardo. Whatever it's going to be, it could be they knew they were geniuses. Aristotle, Ramos says he was a genius. It could be we still know more than him today. It's nothing to do with the person's particular ability. It depends on the knowledge of the world at the time, and it's the other way around. It could be that there were Achronim who were super geniuses, and it could be not everybody in the previous star was as much of a genius as them. We don't know. It could be, but it doesn't make a difference because we're talking about the knowledge of the time, and therefore, like I said, the Vilna gone. The Shaykh's area. Whatever you want to talk about, some of your respect is being unbelievably brilliant. Does that mean that every single person in the Dora of Amorim was as bright? Maybe yes, maybe no. It doesn't, that's not the point. In a different Dora, they were coming from a place which knew much more. Okay, so if that's the, if that's the two sides to the story, so let's be honest. Uh, you know, the Jewish perspective looks a bit depressing. Right? It means we keep getting worse. We keep knowing less. And we keep getting less clear about what's going on. And on the other hand, the, the, the side presented by Yavan looks very appealing. The side presented by Yavan looks very appealing. We keep knowing more, we keep getting better, we keep progressing. What's the response to Yavan? What's the response to Yavan? So there's two steps here. There's two steps here. Uh, the, the first one is something a bit more ruchni. The second one, which I'll explain first, the second one is something which is maybe more practical to us. And what I'm quoting now 
is Vatsam and we're quoting out of the was a Kabbalah Sefer called the Leshem. His name is Shlem El Yashiv. And he writes this in Sakdam. This is his first Sakdam. And he says like this. He says that on the one hand it's true, everything we just said. And that is that as we get further from Matan Torah, as we get further away from the Nevim, we know less and less. And the more and more things about the Torah are less clear to us. And therefore, there's a, there's a certain general, so to speak, scaling down of the level of people's Torah knowledge, of people's understanding. He says, but there's a counter system as well. And that is, he says, sometimes, the, and he's talking specifically about Kabbalah, but it doesn't have to be that compared to Kabbalah. He said, there's a system also that sometimes there are things which on a higher level weren't revealed, but on a lower level become revealed. Now, why it's like that, uh, I'll explain in a minute. But the firstly, the principle he says. And that is, there were things which, on a, when, when Klai Yisrael were on a higher level, they didn't understand, or they were, wasn't, weren't revealed to them. And it's only when they get to a lower point, then it becomes revealed to them. Now, why would such, how does it, what does that mean? How does it make sense for us? So what he's talking about is he says, there are things which, uh, let's say he's talking about in Zagdom, in himself, which is self on Kabbalah. So what he's talking about there is the idea that uh, what, what room is there for anyone to say anything in Kabbalah if it wasn't already said? We have the Zohar, we have the Arizal. No one's going to try to say they're greater than Rav Shem No one's going to imagine he's anywhere close to the Arizal. So where's there a Makam to Mechadish more? How can we develop more? And so he says in his side, he says a certain concept in Torah that as the Torahs get less, more things become revealed. And therefore it could be that at their, in their door there were certain things which weren't yet revealed. But as we get lower down, now new things become revealed which weren't revealed before. And therefore he writes, <coughs> even today when a person is learning and comes to a new understanding, it could be this is something which wasn't misguided, it wasn't revealed previously. It's only revealed now. And therefore we can add to what we already know. Now this seems to go against what we said before. We said before that everything was told to Moshe Bissinai, and from then on, it's just a case of how much we remember, and we manage to transmit successfully to our children, every single door, and how much points, for whatever reason, get unclear, get missed along the way, and now it becomes not sure anymore what we're going to do next. So we're starting from a starting point where everything was clear, and less and less is clear. So what does he mean, the lesson? He says that it's the other way around. There's a certain concept that as we get lower down, some things become more clear. What does it mean, and how does it work? So like I said, we can explain it two ways. One more Kabbalistically, and one more something which we can, I think, relate to more easily. The Api Kabbalah, the principle is like this. And that is, when it comes to... Let's talk about Hanukkah. Let's talk about Hanukkah. The nace of Hanukkah was that the menorah burnt one day's oil for way longer than it was meant to be. Like know. Was that a new nace? No. The Gemara tells us, Shimon HaTzadik, who was a coin Gadol, who died maybe 80 years before the Hanukkah story, and the Gemara says in Yuma, Shimon HaTzadik, when he was a coin Gadol, he never had to read out the Nehra Marovi. It burned straight for years. He let the other nerves, but the, the, the Ner Maravi was a simon for Klai Yisrael. It remained burning, non-stop. So we already have a nerves 
of, of the nerve burning more than the fuel would have to burn. Not just for eight days, for years. For years. When Shimon Tzadik was the Kohen Gadol for 40 years, he didn't have to rely on the Nehmarov. Now what happened? What happened is, Shimon Tzadik died. Klai Yisrael went down a very big level after that. And all the Nisim that were in the time of Shimon Tzadik, the Gemara says Nehmar, they all stopped. The Nehmarov stopped burning. Uh, there was no longer the same beauty uh, of the Keteri, of the Shkina when they brought the Keteris in. And a whole lot of other things in the Basel Minish, which until then they were, they stopped. So Klai Yisrael collectively went down a door. Shimon Tzadik was the end of the door. He was the end of the Anshkina Sagadaya, like you know. And after that, Klai Yisrael collectively fell into a door where those Nisim didn't happen anymore. Now, about 100 years later, in the time of the Nesh Hanukkah, maybe 80 years later, depending how you work out the dates, is, is a miracle that Klai Yisrael regather. They, they chase the Greeks out of Yishalayim, and they want to relate them. They want to start the avodah. They relate them in there again. And they have a nice. Then they burns for eight days. And this is Hanukkah. Like I said, there was no end to the war against Yavah. Hanukkah is the fact that they started the avodah and then they burned for eight days. And why were they so excited about that? This wasn't something new which Klai Yisrael never saw before. Why were they so excited about it? Because this was a nest which got taken away and now it came back again. They had this nest before. They had this nest before. But they lost it. And now it came back. Now let me ask you a question. It came back because Klai Yisrael was such big tzaddikim that they went up again to a dargo of three dollars before them? No. But what the chiddush of it was, and that's the beauty of Hanukkah, is the nest got revealed on a lower level. It came back again to Klai Yisrael who were on a different level to before. Shimon Atzalik was already on the border of Nevim. He still met Nevim. He was a part of the Shasik Dorena with Nevim. But uh, here we were talking already way after Nevo. There weren't people on that level anymore. But the Nais comes back for people on a different level. That's a Chiddush. That's a Chiddush. It's not a Chiddush if we would get back to the same level, if the Nais would come back. That would make sense. The Chiddush of Hanukkah was for people on a lower level, the Nais still comes back. The Nais reveals itself again on the lower level. Why? If there's a minimum level necessary for a, a nest to happen, if guys have to be at a certain point of ruchnius in order to be zeichet to a nest, and they're not there, and therefore in the previous days a person on that level wouldn't have been zeichet to a nest. He wouldn't have been zeichet to a nest because he's not on the level for it. So then why here does a nest come for guys on a lower level? Or are they zeichet to it? If you're going to go by the rules of spiritual physics, and that is what level does a person have to be on in order to merit such a Hanhaga of Hashem? They weren't on that level. So why does the nest come down to them, so to speak, and it manifests like a nest for people on a lower level? So that, that Be'etzim is the Yisrael of Hanukkah. The Chiddush of Hanukkah is that a nest, uh, something can, like, just like the Menorah, the nest can come back on a lower level too. Or that something can be miskale on a lower level, which in previous days it never would have. Had the Chashmanayim lived in the time of the Nevi'im, they wouldn't have been zeichet to America. They wouldn't have been on the level for it. And Navi was someone much greater. But they weren't in the time of the Nevi'im. And in their time, the Nais came back for people on the lower level. This is a Chiddush. This is a Chiddush. Because we said previously, the way we understand the hierarchy in Klai Yisrael works is that every door is less than the door before. And if that's okay, it's not just in our Torah knowledge and not just in our connection to Sinai, but also in the amount of our level of Ruknis. It should also apply to our level of connection to Hashem. It's also always less. 
We aren't Sadiqim like in previous Torahs, and we can't Davin like previous Torahs, and we aren't on the spiritual level of Kedusha like previous Torahs. And if that's the case, it should affect everything the same way. Which is bad. I mean, we're just not, we're not going to argue with Rashi or the Shulchan Aruch about Pshat and the Gemara. We're also not going to try and think ourselves Kenegad, the Ramchal, or the Besh, or anybody else that is in our level of Tzitkos. We know we're way, way less than them. But if that's the case, then we would think that if in the rules of spiritual physics, we're so much smaller, we're so much less spiritually, we should be so much more distant from Hashem. And the Chiddush is, and that's the Chiddush of Hanukkah, the Chiddush is, it doesn't affect us. A nais can be miskala for, uh, again on a lower level. And now this is, this is something to celebrate. This is the Chiddush. Because this shows that even, uh, people on a level who deserve the nais, okay, so we expect the nais to happen. And the whole time when there was a Shemra Tzadik was alive, we expect that he's on the level that he deserves his nais. But somebody on the lower level who doesn't deserve the nais. And nevertheless, Hashem makes a nais happen. In a way, it's a bigger nais. It's a nais when it's less deserved, it's a bigger nais. And now that's a Chiddush. That's the Chiddush. That HaKadosh Baruch was willing to, so to speak, make a nice happen for people who less deserve it. That's what we celebrate Hanukkah. Because Hanukkah isn't just the fact that the Nair is burnt. Hanukkah is the answer to Yavon. And that is, our, our, our argument, like we said, the way we see the way the world working, compared to the way Yavonim see the world working, looks very weak. It looks like they're the strong in the strong position. They keep getting better. We keep getting less. But the Chiddush is, and that's the Chiddush of Hanukkah, is that... That might be true as far as our spiritual level goes. It might be true as far as the ideas of Torah goes. But our Kodesh Baruch is willing to reach lower, to come down to us. And therefore, he's prepared to do a nais on a lower level too. He's prepared to go and, so to speak, travel further to come down to us because we lower down. The nais of the Menorah was a symbol of the answer to Yavon. And that is, look, it's true Yavon. We've gotten less, we've gotten worse. And we're no longer the level that we deserve Nesim. But Hashem is prepared to go extra far down to bring the nice to us. And now that's the answer to Yavim. And that is, it's that where we were, even though we've on a, on a lower level, and even though as the doors go down, the level gets less, okay, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will come lower down to us. With that we haven't lost. Our ability to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu exists now like it exists then. And for what we, if, if you would look at people in our door in the previous door and say, what level would these people be on? Well, we don't want to think about that too much. But let's say that people who are on our level in the time of the Tanoim, in the time of the Gemara, <coughs> we would be considered the problem cases which we're trying to solve. The other people that we're trying to help today, that's what they think of us. Right? But uh, that's because that was a different door. In our door, so then on the contrary, HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes down further. HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes down further. And if that's the case, if, uh, if, if the, feed, the, we're, the situation we're in we're in, which is a much lower place, but HaKadosh Baruch will come down to us. When his Pasuk says, Whoever you learn in Torah, Hashem says, I'll come to you. Or how far does Hashem have to journey for that? It depends where you're holding. And the further down we are, the further Hashem is willing to come down to us. That's what the lesson says. He says, there's a certain ability that we can get in understanding Torah, which previous Torahs didn't have. Why? Because the fear there, Maila, so then they were given the amount of Torah that, that they deserved. But when there's a certain level of not deserving, but nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch is prepared to travel the distance, even if we don't deserve. And, the, if, there's, and if we deserve less, Hashem is prepared to go even further to come to us if we don't deserve. The din, the, the din that the Torah will never be lost from us, and the din that Hashem will always be with us when we're learning Torah, remains however far we're going to be. 
however far you're going to be, it's just a bigger nest each time. Because it means Hashem is prepared to travel an even greater distance, an even greater distance to meet us, so to speak, to come to us, to teach us. The answer to Yavon is that not that, that, that we accept, as far as Torah goes, their system. We don't, consider us, we don't consider ourselves to be greater in Torah than Rashi, than the Baratosis, than the Rambam, or going back, than the Tanoim Wadamarim, for sure not. But what we do see is the fact that we're learning Torah and Gatsiyad Dishmaya is a much greater nice than the fact that Rashi learned Torah and Gatsiyad Dishmaya. Because for Hashem to come down to Rashi's level to teach him wasn't such a big distance. For Hashem to come down to our level to teach us, that's a big distance. But Hashem's appeared to do that. And therefore, as, as low as we're going to get compared to previous Torahs, we're still going to have a Kaddish Baruch with us. That we don't lose. We don't lose our connection to Torah, we don't lose our connection to Hashem, and that's what the Nesach Hanukkah came to show. Nesach Hanukkah came to show you that even in our worldview, that we're less in the previous Torahs. But that doesn't mean we're less connected to Hashem. We're less in terms of level. We're less in terms of our Godless, in terms of our Kaddusha, that's for sure true. We're not less connected to Hashem. Hashem will come down to us. We'll take the extra step down to meet us where we are. That's a nest. And in every door that becomes a bigger nest. That becomes a bigger nest. Because as the door gets worse, and the previous door will think, people like that deserve Yad Dishmaya. Look how far away they are. And I think about that, the previous door thought about us too. The previous door about them. And it's always true. It's likely true. Compared to the door of the Chafetz Chaim, we're not doing very well. And it's only that door will think, what these guys get Yad Dishmaya and they're learning. Look how they're not learning. They don't deserve it. Compared to that door, we don't. Compared to that door, we don't. But, Hashem will take the extra step. If in this door we're learning, Hashem will take the extra step. I'll come to you a step down. I'll come to you two steps down. I'll come to you ten steps down. And sometimes there's a more of a Shemayi then. Because when it's already coming as a nest, so then HaKadosh Baruch when he's doing the nest, it comes with a bigger Ha'ara. And that's an interesting point. Uh, I've heard this from Khatamil from 40 years ago, and when I was about, I heard it from Khatamil Khamim 70 years ago. And he said that it's the same thing. And that is, sometimes today, people are trying to learn that things that they would have had to work much harder on to understand then, uh, for some reason, it's easier to understand. Not that we understand more, but it's easier. We don't have to put as much hard work into it. And what's the reason for that? It's the same Siyat Once it's already a Siyat Hashem is coming down to the level we're on, so sometimes it makes it easier too. Now, that's the answer to Yavin. That's the first point. And that is that whereas Yavin presents themselves as progressive, as getting better, as developing, as advancing, which in their field is true, but when they, when they try to use it to interfere, as like, so our system is better than yours? No, it's not better than us. It's not better than us. The first point is because even though it's true we're getting further away, it's true we're getting further away from the starting point of Sinai, as far as our knowledge of Torah goes, as far as our spiritual level goes, the Nais of Hanukkah was a proof we don't get further from Hashem. We don't get further from Hashem, that we still have with us. But, it's not enough, because that just is like kind of taking a defensive position. We're not that bad. But what, 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 what mile is there in the Torah system that there isn't in Yavah? What, you know, even though we're getting less the whole time, what mile is there in the system of Torah which Yavan doesn't have? And the answer is, and that's the second question, and that is, the, the, what, y- what Yavan doesn't have is what we call the anchor of Emes. Because 
the whole system of Yavan is everything can change. We always used to think like that. Now we've discovered it's wrong. So it's changed everything. So for hundreds of years they can think the world is flat. And now they decided they're wrong. Okay, it's round. For hundred years they thought that the world goes around, the sun goes around the world. They don't change the mind. Okay, the world goes around the sun. And whatever other factor is going to be as well. In other words, there's nothing which is for sure because maybe some later door will disprove it. That's what we think now. That's all because of what we know now. And if in a hundred years they know more and they know better, then things which they took as poshut and axiomatic and as basis in medicine or science and everything else, no. They'll later on prove you're all wrong and you're making a big mistake. And I don't need to give examples. There are hundreds of examples of these things which medicine, which science, which whatever it was believed was absolutely true and was the basis for everything until they could have to prove that they're wrong and that's not again. And therefore, as much as Yavin's developing, but it's always in certain... It's, it's, it's true, it's climbing the rungs of the ladder of human knowledge but those are very shaky rungs. Because anything which is set down might be wrong. And therefore, it's a, as, as best as we know now, subject to revision at a later date if we find out more. And therefore, we're progressing, but it's always with... with there's never an anchor that we to it, because we never know for sure. Maybe the future will prove us wrong. And like I said, even things which great scientists said and were taken for hundreds of years to be true, were found not to be true. In Torah, you don't have that. Because the anchor of Torah is what Hashem said, what we know He said. That's what Torah tells us. Now, we're going, we're going from this, therefore, we're always starting on the anchor of Amos. We're always starting on what we know is true, what we're not sure about, so we try to understand, but it's what, we're going to always start on the basis of that what, this, that, that what we know is true, and this is 100%. We're trying to discover, we're trying to understand those points we're not clear about to, to connect it to that that. that, that, that clarity to that so to speak anchor to that uh, foundation which is there too which it means in the scale of things think about it the scientist who could have spent 50 years developing a theory which he thinks this is right and it could be as all a waste of time because it could be wrong and it could be his life work went nowhere because it, as much as he thought I'm developing I'm, I'm understanding more whatever it is it's all built on the wrong premise and if the whole thing falls apart and Moshe and Cain. Then in Torah, he's always built on the premise of what we know is what Hashem said. No one's debating that. That's 100% the answer. That's never going to change. So we're learning Hilchah Shabbos. What we know about clearly Hilchah Shabbos, that will never change. That the Torah said, and we're 100% sure about that, we have a foundation of Amos. Now we're trying to understand more. We're trying to understand those things we're not clear about. Those things we want to understand, understand properly. But it's based on the foundation of the Amos. And that's something that Jehovah can't cancel. That's something Yavon can't cancel. Because the whole theory of Yavon, the exploration of science, is always based on the premise is, this is what we know so far. No guarantees you won't find that difference. Whereas the Torah, it's the other way around. What, that, what we do know is 100% guaranteed. That'll never change. The Torah is the rock. That'll never change. What we're trying to know is trying to know more about what we don't know what the Torah says that we try to understand. But what we know for sure is, is something we've always got that we don't lose. That's also a part of the Nehanukkah, the Nase of Hanukkah. That's also part of the Nase of Hanukkah. The, 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 the one point was that the miracle which was in previous days came back. Like we said. So you see, HaKadosh Baruch was willing to bring a Nase to a lower door. That was the first thing we spoke about. There's the second Nukkah also. And that is, that why did the, why did the miracle of Nase Hanukkah come in the first place? Why did the miracle of the Nase Hanukkah come in the first place? Because there's only one flask of pure oil. There's one, only one flask of pure oil. They had oil, but it's not pure oil. Ask all the Mufarshim. So use not pure oil. What's the big deal? 
And if you don't have fuel, you tell me, you ate today, you had luck with that also. It's a famous question, all that really asked the question. But the answer is, and this is the aside, Hashem doesn't do this for nothing. If they could have used Tamei oil, then Hashem would have used Tamei oil, but I have to make a nice. Then the Kodah was Dafka because they weren't going to use Tamei oil. They wanted to use something which is Tar. So it was worth it for Hashem to make a nice that the Tar oil would last. And that's the same aside. Chachma uh, of Begayim isn't Tar. It's not for sure right. It's not absolute. It's what we know right now. It's what we know right now. Something which is tar is something which is 100%. There's nothing, like, just like we talk about the Chachm, which is tar, something which is the basis. It's something which is, that's for sure endless. That's for sure correct. And if that's the case, that's something which only exists by us. It's something that only exists when we're starting with an idea which is 100% true. We're starting with a Torah which was given to us which you know is true. Starting with any other form of Chachm, which is starting from Chayshech, starting from not knowledge, always means that your, everything you're saying might be true or might not. The history will judge if it's true or not, and you might be wrong. And right? Everything we're doing might be wrong too. People can spend their whole lives in exploration and discovery and trying to work things out, and they tell you. They tell you, they're making a mistake. They're making a mistake from the beginning to the end. And one of my best examples, this is Einstein. By uh, all accounts, was, was an intelligent man. And yet... His, his way of understanding the world, which he writes about, was all a mistake. He himself had to admit it. He himself had to admit it. When the, when the new technology came out to prove to him he was wrong, Einstein believed in cosmic science, that the world, the universe model is static. And he writes about this, and it's clear that the universe model is a static universe. But, and he writes about this. And when they tried to argue with him, he wasn't prepared to accept any other issues. Posted him. And until in the end of his life, in the 70s and 1950s, when they brought out the Hubble telescope, they said, come and look, you'll see yourself that you're wrong. So he right, he admitted it, he learned to say, I saw it. He said, I feel that everything I worked in my life, is, you know, I've been proved wrong, he's learned to say. He said it in a bit more of a different way. He said that the point I always wanted to hold of this, I don't want to accept religion. And now, you know, I don't, don't accept creation. I prove that it's not true. But that's, that's a sad point. As you can be the biggest chacham in the world. Because everything is based on a premise which might be right or might be wrong. At a given time, you, your whole life will go the wrong direction. Nothing on a terrorist MS is we might know less. But whatever we know is MS. And whatever we understand is true and that's never going to change. That's something Torah. It's something Torah will last. Time and Torah always last. Something which is Torah lasts forever. The Chachm of the Goyim, as a principle, is, is, is new, it's accelerating, it's fascinating, it's shining, but it might be wrong. There's no proof it's not. It might be wrong. The Chavim Satara Kenegizeh is the Pachshem Tar. It's someone which is for sure true. And if it's true, it'll always it'll, it will remain burning. It's someone which will always be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where, where